Ladies, at Essentia Health, you're not just a patient. You're a partner in your healthcare journey. We'll get to the heart of your health questions, even the ones you're embarrassed to ask. We'll find solutions to fit your unique needs and lifestyle, because here, we're in it together. Feel confident in your care and in yourself. Schedule a women's health appointment with an Essentia Health provider today. Click the banner to learn more. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Coming up on this week's show, we'll get a review of Carnival Vista and Sherry Kennedy standing by with some cruise news in just a couple of seconds here. Don't forget a lot of posts going up on our website. Keep in touch with the cruise news. Two places on Facebook, our Facebook group, Cruise Radio News, or on our website at cruiseradio.net. All right, what's up, Sherry? Oh, not too much. How are you? Good. Jumping right to it. Carnival Cruise Line adding a new port, well, kind of a new port for Carnival Cruise Line to its Bahamas itineraries. What do you have? Beginning May of 2017, which is just around the corner, Carnival Cruise Line will be sending some of their ships over to use Princess Cruises, Princess Keys, which is kind of cool. It's a beautiful island. I don't know if you've been there. I'm sure you have. I've been there once for like probably six hours, and I, I loved it. Now, this is – so Carnival normally goes to Half Moon Key, and now they're going to Princess Keys. Is this because of their, you think, presence expanding in the Caribbean slash Bahamas? I think there's probably two or three reasons. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, past – Carnival guests probably want to try something new that they haven't been to. Maybe they haven't taken a princess cruise. And uh, it just gives them some more diversity in ports, I think. Well, and the ships that are going there are Carnival Pride, Carnival Ecstasy, Carnival Conquest, Carnival Liberty, and Carnival Sensation. So uh, looking forward to checking Princess Keys out. Moving on, Norwegian Cruise Line made an announcement about Norwegian Bliss. We'll be seeing it uh, here pretty close to us. Yeah, Norwegian Bliss will be, which starts uh, doesn't start cruising in Alaska until summer of 18, but it will be cruising out of Miami uh, beginning winter of 18. Actually, the first sailing will be November 17th, so if someone's excited about the new, the new Norwegian Bliss, uh, now is a good time to book it because it is open for Alaska right now, too. Carnival Cruise Line is expanding staggered check-in. Now, they've started this about a year and a half ago. So, Sherry, explain what uh, staggered check-in is and what new ports are we going to see it at? Okay, well, staggered checking is it seems sort of familiar if you've taken other cruises. Basically, when you check in online, you'll receive a time to board when check-in will begin for you. Now, you can arrive up to 30 minutes before check-in begins, and check-in will be from 11 a.m. until 3 p.m., But woe unto anyone who arrives before their check-in time because they will be denied. And then they'll just have to come back to the check-in window at their proper time. The ports that are scheduled for 2017 beginning in January, about two weeks from now, will be Jacksonville. Then on to Port Canaveral, Tampa, San Juan, Seattle, and Vancouver. 
Currently, you can have the staggered embarkation in 12 ports that Carnival Cruise Line goes to, including Barcelona, which is so far the only international port that they have uh, started this new procedure. Don't worry, if you're Platinum Diamond or if you have purchased the Faster to the Fun, you'll still be able to check in at your leisure, but you'll have to select a time online, same as everyone else. Let's see what else we have here. Holland America's MS Koningsdam, one of their or their latest ship actually came out last April. Now here in Florida, they just received a perfect health score. Now, when a ship receives a perfect health score, what exactly does that mean? Well, it means that uh, it's been a surprise visit by the health department. Mm-hmm. It's actually the Vessel Sanitation Program is the official name for it, but it's run by the U.S. Public Health. Department and uh, they don't really know when they're going to be uh, have a surprise visit. So you know, behooves the kitchen staff and everybody else to keep things in tip-top shape. But uh, you know, I asked someone once, "What do they actually look for when they come into the kitchen? What would give you a ding on your score?" And uh, the uh, the chef that was leading me around said, "If there is even a tile missing in the floor, that will get a mark." and lower their score, and then they have the two or three weeks to, to correct the errors. So congratulations to Koningsdam. Last but not least here, let's do a quick hit. It is wave season. Most of your cruise deals are going to happen January, February, and March. Sherry, what top three deals do you have for us? Well, first of all, let's start with Princess, and they're calling it their anniversary sale. They will give up to $600 in onboard spending money per stateroom on all destinations, sailing summer of seventeen through spring of 2018, and the amount that you receive is based on how many days your cruise is. So, for example, a six- to nine-day cruise for an interior or ocean view stateroom will get $150. If you have a balcony, mini suite or suite, you'll get $300, and it goes all the way up to $600 if you're on 13 days or more and have one of the top categories of staterooms. That's kind of nice. Yeah, what else? Okay, Norwegian has a C promotion. Uh, it's taken on another iteration. They always have that uh, free at sea thing going on. And mm-hmm. It seems to change every other month. And right now, in the small print, you will see that there's a $50 deposit fleet-wide. It ends on January 16th, though, so that's pretty good. It's $50 per person. Sailings must be booked 90 days in advance. And it's available on just about everything except the Haven, of course. And as we discussed earlier, the new Norwegian Bliss is open for sale. What's the last one you have? Azamara. They have a buy one, get one half off, plus free internet. And that's free internet for the entire voyage on one device. It's valid on 2017 cruises. You have to book by March 31st and cruise after June June 12th. Um, You'll get one unlimited internet package per stateroom, ocean view, or higher. We've been talking with Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven.com. Sherry, thank you. Thanks, Doug. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at CruiseRadio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? 
Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Have a question for the experts or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. Mark and his family just returned from an 11-night sailing on Carnival Vista out of New York City. Mark's on the line. Hey, Mark. Hi, how are you? Good, man. So uh, Carnival Vista, brand new ship, Carnival's 25th ship, now here in the U.S. I want to hear all about it. But before we get to the ship itself, I want to take a step back and uh, give me some of your pre-cruise thoughts about Carnival Vista. I normally go out of the West Coast. I live in Reno, so I was looking for something a little bit uh, newer. Uh, we don't tend to get the newest ships out here, so I wanted something newer, brighter, fancier. So I've watched the Vista since they did the steel cutting a couple years back. As soon as they opened up the bookings back in uh, January of 2015, I knew I had to get on that. I told my wife, look, this is kind of a bucket list thing for me. Mm-hmm. Want to get on a brand new ship? And that was a great opportunity since I only sailed Carnival. So I did that, uh, convinced my uh, in-laws and my parents to go. And so we had a big group of eight people and I was looking forward to it for a long time. Very cool. So this was an 11-night sailing out of New York City down to the Eastern Caribbean. So you live out in Reno, you got to New York City, and you got to Pier 88 in Manhattan. How was the embarkation process for you at Pier 88? Well, I had faster to the fun. My parents were platinum. I also got my in-laws faster to the fun. I'm kind of the uh, cruise planner, so I kind of watch like a hawk for these things. Mm. So we got to take advantage of the uh, VIP uh, boarding. However, uh, I guess this being a inaugural cruise out of New York, there were quite a few platinums. So Embarkation was a little bit chaotic, I think. Uh, getting there was easy. We got right up to the check-in line, to the VIP line. There was no wait. The regular line was huge, so faster the fun, definitely worth it in that case. They kind of escorted us to a, a roped-off area for VIPs, very packed. That's when it kind of got a little bit um, chaotic. There wasn't really any organization at the pier. Um, they kind of just ran into the door when they said it was open for VIPs, and it was just kind of a mess for about two hours. Mm-hmm. But after that, we got on. It was great. So uh, you make your way on... Carnival Vista, you cross the gangway, walk into the atrium. What were your first impressions? Beautiful. Uh, I had known for a long time that the atrium is a little bit different on this ship compared to the usual 10, 11 story uh, atriums on most Carnival ships and the decor, and it would be very different. So I walked in, that dreamscape was just amazing, right? It had that, I think it had the tropical scene on it, that three story LED screen was just beautiful. I actually kind of really liked the subdued look of the atrium, the screen instead of all the Farkas colors. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really nice. I thought that it smelled great, it looked great look brand new, which is really definitely something I was looking forward to. So it was really, I thought it was great. It was beautiful. Yeah, definitely a departure from uh, from their other ships with the atrium that's not, like you were saying, you know, a dozen stories tall there. Uh, so you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? 
Well, we had one of the Family Harbor Cove balcony. Oh, cool. I was kind of excited because again, I have I have two young kids, uh, so I thought when I originally booked having the access to one of these new categories of cabins to Family Harbor, I thought that'd be really kind of neat to have that lounge access. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also never had a Cove balcony, so kind of killed two birds with one stone. Thought the rooms were great. Again, the layout was very typical of Carnival. You know, three closets. The bathroom layout was the same. The rooms the same, but. The decor was a little bit different, kind of nautical. I just thought it was really nice. And the cove balcony was fantastic. I think being low to the water there was just really nice to have. It was more secluded. It was a great room. What did you think about the uh, special lounge designed just for the family harbor rooms? For us, it was really nice, right? Because I didn't have a suite. We were starting, you know, there's only a few cove balconies that are in that category. Most rooms in that area are actually ocean view. Mm-hmm. So we were starting to buy suites. And we knew we couldn't afford a suite, but having that lounge is actually kind of nice because, again, having two young kids, four people in rooms, kind of crowded, having the lounge right out the door was really nice to have, right? They had breakfast every morning. We never ate at Toledo once. We never had to. They had a full breakfast spread in there. They had pastries, sausages, bacon. They had tables, chairs, games. It was really nice to have. And it was just out our door. It was really nice. Did you find a bowling alley on that ship? Uh, yeah, the bowling alley was up in the uh, clubhouse up top. It's it not a full bowling alley. It was kind of like a mini bowling alley. But yeah, yeah it was up on the top uh, Lido area. Yeah. Hmm. You know what? I've been on that ship like probably 20 days at this point, and I haven't seen it yet. And I just keep missing it, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of buried in there. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, my cousin's on it right now, and she sent me a text, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm bowling. I'm like, why didn't I see this bowling alley when I was on this ship? Anyway, <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to dining then. How about the dining? What did you think of it? And we'll start at the Lido Deck Marketplace and work our way down from there. Marketplace, that was great. But the size of the ship, one of my biggest concerns originally getting on the ship was the number of people on board, right? I've been on the smaller, I've been on the spirit class, I've been on the fantasy class, and I was on the splendor. So, you know, a bigger class of ship. The Lido was always kind of hit or miss, right? It was designed well. I thought the marketplace was fantastic. The decor was great. Tons of options. I think there was four stations, full-size buffet stations, plus the deli in the middle. You had all the food at the back and at the, at the pool area, and I thought it was great. There was never a problem finding seats. We could find tables for four, eight, however many people wanted. There was never a problem finding tables. It was great. Food was good. What did you think about the outside venues, Guy's Burger Joint and Blue Iguana Cantina? For me, those were new experiences. I've never been on a 2.0 ship. Mm-hmm. All the ships on the West Coast have always been pre-2.0. So for me, Guy's was the first place I went when I got on board, and I had to think four or five of those. I the, the, the pig patty, that was oh, fantastic. That was great. I also enjoyed the uh, blue guana quite a bit. I never had it for breakfast, but I did have it for lunch almost every day as well. So, you know, guy's burger and a, and a burrito. Can't beat that. Yeah, totally. Uh, so the main dining room, what time dining did you have? We opted actually for um, early dining. We usually do any time, but in this case, because we had a large number of people in our group and the young kids, we wanted something, you know, we wanted to walk into the dining room and have a, a high chair set up and kind of know our waiters. So we did early dining. Cool. And what did you think of the main dining room? It was really good. We were in the reflection dining room, which is the one story, not the two story at the back. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of interesting. So we got on board and I guess they'd actually messed up all the reservations, right? We'd linked our reservations in our group. So they should have been at the same table. However, when we got on board, we were completely different dining rooms, different times. None of us were together. So that wasn't a good thing. Went to the dining room. They actually weren't able to make any changes. They actually had a lot of problems. I'd actually contacted John Heald about two weeks prior to just see if he could kind of arrange a, a combined table for us just to make sure he said he would do that. And sure enough, the guy, you know, the maitre d' said we didn't have any reservations. Then all of a sudden he looked at his little desk and he said, oh, wait, your name's Christoph, right? And he went ahead and handed us a card and said, your tables have been changed thanks to John. So we actually got a nice eight top right in the window. It was great. Oh, cool. Very nice. Uh, did you do any specialty venues on this sailing? I actually did not. I mean, nope. we just had, didn't have a need to. We, I yeah. was going to do Kachina Del Capitano. I wanted to do it a couple of times, but we just had such a great time in, in the dining room. We just never had a chance to, you know, before the cruise, I really was pushing my wife, you know, I really want to try that 
the GGs because I hear such great things about it. But I never really had a chance to go to any dining rooms because we just had such a great experience in the main dining room that we just didn't have a need to. Yeah, sure. Did you uh, stop by the lobster shack in the back at all or seafood shack? Yeah, I did have that. I did have the um, fish and chips. I thought that was great. It was only $6. It wasn't really that bad. Again, coming from Reno, we don't have really good access to seafood here. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was great. So I, I wasn't too bad with the uh, the upcharge on that. Lots of entertainment aboard Carnival Vista. What did you think of it all? I saw a couple of shows. I saw Flick. I'm not usually a big uh, stage show person, but I definitely wanted to try Flick because they'd advertise that a lot. I've heard a lot about it. I thought it was great. So that was a great show. I went to a couple of comedians. They were fantastic as always. Carnival's fantastic with comedy. Those are the two big things we did. Um, not a big fan of the Liquid Lounge. I think the seating's a little bit off, but the shows were actually really good. My father, who's a platinum on Carnival, and he's a super on Princess, they cruise quite a bit. And he actually thought Flick was one of the better shows he's seen on any lines he's been on. So I thought it was fantastic. It was, it was really good. Cool. Uh, how about like walking through the uh, promenade during the evenings? What did you think of the atmosphere around there with the Red Frog Pub and the Alchemy Bar and all that space? This ship had the most live music I've ever seen on any ship I've been on. There was music always playing in the atrium. There was a, a string trio. I think you've been on before, so you, I think you've mm-hmm. seen them before. There was, there was always a brass uh, trio playing as well, I think, from the band. There was live musicians playing every night in the, in the uh, Red Frog Pub. A, a guitarist was great. There was always music playing on the ship. It was, it was fantastic. It was really good. With this being an 11-night sailing, um, how were the sea days as far as feeling crowded and congested? That was a concern I had early on. You know, I looked at some of the early pictures of the ship as they just finished it. And one of the things I actually commented on Cruise Critic was, oh, the, the upper deck actually looks really tight with that, you know, with the sky ride and the pool layout. It looks really tight from afar, but actually getting on board with 4,000 of your closest friends, I actually thought the layout was really quite good. There's so much to do on that ship. Mm-hmm. And with that lanai on deck five, there's people are spread out everywhere. You know, you go to the pool, yeah, there, you know, you should go at noon to the pool. It was really busy, but the water park was always, you get a tube for the slide, you go down the slides pretty quick. You know, you get in the pool if you want to do the back pool. Actually, never really seemed to be that busy. So we actually were able to go take a dip in there quite often. It was really not bad. For the number of people on that ship, I think the layout outside is absolutely wonderful on that ship. Probably the best carnival ship I've ever been on in terms of just exterior spaces. There's so much to do. And there's so much places for people to be. There's just, there's really no crowds. It's, it's a really amazing ship. Did you get a chance to check out the IMAX theater or Thrill Theater? Oh, we did the Thrill Theater. Uh, we did that with my daughter. It was we thought it was great. And we were actually kind of dis- disappointed because we didn't get a chance to go to it until I think the second to last sea day. So we were kind of bummed because it was like $6 for one, you know, half hour ride versus I think it was $16 for the whole week of the whole trip. So if we had actually gone earlier. It would have been actually a much better deal, but it was really actually kind of fun. You got squirted in the face, you know, you had the, the wind. Uh, we were going to go see um, Sully, the movie, uh, the IMAX, just the times didn't work out. And again, there's so much to do on the ship. We just didn't get time to get to it. It was amazing. Did you or the kids do the sky ride? No, again, another one of those items I was really, I, I tried to get to in the sea days. You'd think with 11 days, you'd have enough time, but because mm-hmm. the ship has so much to do, the only problem they have with the sky ride is the lines get really long, especially now you get that warmer weather. The lines are really long by the time you get to it. So if you don't get to it really early in the morning, you're looking at a 45 minute to an hour wait sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, when there's so much else to do in the ship, you don't want to waste time in line if you don't have to. So I'm hoping they fix that down the road, maybe the ticketing system. Mm-hmm. But I saw people on all the time. They were happy. Everybody I talked to that did it, thought it was great. Yeah, it was really cool. I, I was like you. I was on a 10-night sailing, and I was like, you know what? It's still early. I got plenty of crews to do it, and I find my, found myself doing all these things around the ship, and it got to be to, to the last day, and I'm like, oh, crap. If I don't do it now, I'm not going to be able to do it. So I uh, Yeah, yeah that's exactly yeah, exact how I felt. You know, we were in St. Martin, the last, you know, the last port we were in, and 
I was like, I've got three sea days. I'll have time to get to that. And by the time I got to the last sea day, the weather was really bad, and I just it was closed. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I guess I'll have to go back on it again, right? Yeah, well, speaking of ports, uh, what ports did you hit on this 11-night sailing, and which one was your favorite? From the sailing, we were supposed to go to Amber Cove, St. Thomas, San Juan, St. Martin, and Antigua. So we didn't make Amber Cove. They actually had some really bad flooding. So we sailed in that morning. It was really bad weather when we came in there. So unfortunately, we weren't able to make that port. We did make it to St. Thomas, went to Cokie Beach. thought that was fantastic. We didn't go through Carnival. We did that on our own. It was really easy to do. Great snorkeling, fun times. You know, we don't get a lot of good snorkeling on the West Coast, so we were ecstatic. Uh, we went to, um, in San Juan, because Amber Cove had been canceled, we decided to do something in San Juan, which we originally weren't going to do. That was actually the day I was going to try the sky ride. So instead, we decided to go up to the rainforest, because I don't have access to that here. Mm-hmm. thought that was a great time, so I took my kids up to the rainforest through Carnival. That was a great time. In Antigua, we went to Long Bay. I wanted to take my kids snorkeling again, so we went to Long Bay. We just took a, a shuttle to that. That was fantastic. And then in St. Martin, I went to Maho Beach, spent a couple hours there watching the planes, and that was a not-to-be-missed spot. If you go there, you, if you've never been there, you've got to do it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really cool there watching it and having a, a drink or two at the Sunset Bar and Grill right there at the airport on the beach. So so cool there. Um, well, you make your way back to Manhattan and New York City, and you dock at Pier 88. It's time to disembark the vessel. Uh, how was the disembarkation process for you? Because I'll be honest with you, every time I've sailed out of New York City— it's been a nightmare. It was fine getting off, but once we got off, for some reason, you know, with Faster the Fun and, and my mother's family having platinum, you know, you get the early, the V, you know, the, we dropped yeah. her. We didn't do self-disembark. We did the priority. They take your bags at night and yeah. you pick them up. Unfortunately, we had number one, but when we got off to the pier, they had apparently mixed up the bags. And, you know, Carnival saying it was the, the porters, the porter saying it was Carnival's fault. And instead of having the nicely arranged rows, you know, here's, you know, here's your deck four, you know, group one, here's your bags. Well, unfortunately, they put them anywhere. They said they weren't, they weren't organized. took us almost two hours to find all of our bags because they'd already had zone eight or nine out on the deck. So we had to go through thousands of bags to find our bags. They were all over the place. It was really bad. And so we actually, our shuttle was late because they had to wait for us. And because the uh, election had just occurred, New York security was really, really bad. So we came back about the week after. And our shuttle driver had to come from LaGuardia, and he actually took a long time. So it was just, security was a nightmare. It was just really, it was, it was really bad. Yikes. Well, uh, any first-time tips you have for anyone who may consider sailing Carnival Vista? Don't try to do everything. I mean, you know, like you mentioned before, you know, if, you, if there's something you really want to do, make time for it. Because what's going to happen is you're going to have so much else going on and so many activities and so many things, you, you know, you're working on. You're going to get to that, you know, that last day, especially now that it's only doing six and eight nights. I was on an 11-day, and I couldn't get to everything. On a six and eight, I can't even imagine. So don't even try it. You'll feel disappointed if you don't. You'll just have to book it again. So that's my tip. It's just don't try to do everything. Pick your you know, top three or four things, get those done, and enjoy the rest of the time. Looking back over this 11-night sailing, what was the biggest highlight for you? A couple things. One, I got to see John Heald. You know, I've been following him on his Facebook for years, and I've always missed him on ships I go on by about a week. So I was really excited to see him just be on a new ship. You know, I've been waiting years to go on a brand-new ship that hasn't been worn in. You know, the scratch desks and the the dirty windows. It was brand new. And that was that new ship feel. I thought that was the greatest part. And going to Maho beach. That was a, that was a bucket list since I was a kid. And that was, that was exciting. Very nice. Well, your final thoughts of Carnival Vista. I recommend it wholeheartedly. I know there's a lot of people that are, you know, scared of the bigger ships and that they're too crowded or that Carnival's cutting costs. There's not, you know, it's not as good as it used to be. If that's the case, I didn't see it. Now I've been on five cruises with Carnival and a few other cruise lines before that. This was my best cruise ever. 
I thought it was fantastic. I would go back on that ship in a heartbeat. I wish it was doing longer cruises. I think the Vista is wholeheartedly recommended. It's a great ship. There you have it. Mark, thanks for giving us your review of your 11-night sailing aboard Carnival Vista. Have a good one, man. Thank you. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.